Are you an adventurer looking to take your hunt to the next level? Then you're in the right place. Welcome to East Meets West Hunt with your host, Bo Martonic. Hey everyone, welcome back to another episode of the East Meets West Hunt podcast. And if you're joining us here for the first time, welcome. Hope that you enjoy the show and continue to get some good, valuable information out of it. So this podcast is brought to you by the University of Elk Hunting. Elk 101, Corey Jacobson, has come out with an online course that is fully encompasses everything when it comes to elk hunting, from planning the hunt, going through the budgeting, going through the time, picking a state, picking a unit, all the way through elk calling, fitness, gear, what to do once you have the animal down. The course fully encompasses everything. If you haven't, if you want to learn some more about that course, I did a podcast a few episodes back with Corey Jacobson about this course and kind of broke down the first few modules, give you a little taste of what's going on. So Corey's offering all the listeners of the podcast $20 off of the online course that lasts a full year. So you can save $20 by entering the code EASTMEETSWEST at checkout. Podcast is also brought to you by Heather's Choice. Heather's Choice is a company that creates meals and snacks for the adventure, hunter, anything else that you like to do outdoors, you can utilize some of her food. It's healthy, gluten-free, dairy-free options that actually provide good nutrients, not just filled with salt and a whole bunch of other unnecessary things. These meals and the snacks are meant to actually fuel you for the backcountry or travel or whatever that may be. So Heather and the crew there are offering the listeners free shipping on any orders over $99 by using the code EASTMEETSWEST at checkout. And if you decide that you know just want to try out a few things and your order isn't over $99, please use the link on our website to go and, uh, and check out their website there. Also, Maven Optics is partnered with the podcast to provide you with the highest quality optics from spotting scopes, binoculars, rifle scopes at half the price of their competitors. And they're able to do that because they use the direct consumer business model. So kind of cutting out the middleman there, just selling direct online to the customer's a very customer service based company, lifetime no fault warranty, and just the clearest glass, the really good in low light. If you haven't checked out one of the videos I'd posted a while back on social media of using uh, my Maven B2 9x45s to glass up some elk after it was basically dark outside if you looked in the video and but once I switched the phone over looking through the glass it was still like we we still had 15 minutes of light left so pretty cool to be able to to see that in action with good quality optics so what maven's doing is they are offering a free gift with any full price optics order off of their website at mavenbuilt.com just enter in the coupon code east meets west dash gift 
and you'll get a free gift, which changes, uh, you know, every month. So enter that in if you're going to check out Maven Optics and uh, give it a shot. So with the, the partnerships out of the way there, let's let's dive into what we're going to be talking about in this episode today. So we have Clint Casper coming on the podcast. And if you're not familiar with Clint, he uh, was on the this podcast here back in August, I believe, of 2018. Did an episode on talking about hunting solo in the West and... Clint has so much to offer, not to mention this guy is just hilarious to hang out with. So Clint came from Ohio to Pennsylvania with me to do some shed hunting, maybe, you know, come across some elk sheds, which we'll kind of get into how that went there and also do some whitetail shed hunting and scouting. I really wanted to see Clint's input coming from the Midwest hunting typically farm country deer and bucks which he is extremely successful at at killing mature deer at and it was really cool to be able to get clint's input and see it from a different field of view you know it's it's so easy for all of us to you know kind of get trapped our own little worlds and and see things only from our experiences but when you get to bring in some other people from different backgrounds and sorts you can learn so much from that and i'm sure he you know had a lot of takeaways from that so if just to give a little spoiler alert, um, when we recorded this podcast on Saturday night, it was just after the first day of shed hunting, we hadn't found any antlers or anything else. But today, which is Sunday, we did come across one small four-point shed. So it, was, it wasn't it was a complete bust. We had over 20 miles on our boots and a day and a half of hiking and found one shed and learned a ton about the land just had a blast i mean clint clint is one of those people that is infectious to be around you're gonna be you know you're laughing just about the whole time so we have some funny things going on but also some serious topics and and a lot of takeaways from this episode so i hope everyone enjoys and if you do like it don't forget to leave a review and a rating on iTunes or wherever you're listening from. That helps out a ton. And subscribe to the podcast. Thank you. You ready? Ah, Bush. Clint Casper. What's up, buddy? My man. Happy to be here in the... Martonic household. You are here. Oh, man. I am here. I'm just looking around. Gosh, all these poached bucks over the years. This is awesome. How you guys <laughs> have gotten away with all this is just beyond me. But it, it is impressive. I mean, it. you and your dad are quite the crafty suckers. I'll tell you that right now. <laughs> yeah. I can't believe they let you out of Ohio. They got your ankle bracelet off and everything. Well, they did. And they actually took my... Uh, breathalyzer straw to my truck so I could drive here and not have to, you know, cause usually I got to blow into that and then put my seatbelt on. And then if it, you know, beeps three beeps, that means I can't go anywhere, but it only beeps two. That means I'm good. I haven't drank anything yet and yeah. I can go. So oh, okay. They, 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 they let me slide with that. So that's wow. good. I was happy to come over here. It's only like three hours. So yeah. And you got up at what? Like two o'clock in the morning. Uh, I think the alarm was set at like two forty, two forty five. I was on the road about 10 after I had all my stuff packed and yeah. Yeah, heck yeah. I was coming over here to find like 
20 elk sheds and found none and realized hey. that you know absolutely nothing about elk. But honestly, though, I still had a good time, so I don't want you to take this wrong. I mean, it was still fun, 13.6 miles of nothing, but honestly, still a good time. But no, that's shed hunting. It is what it is, but uh, covered a lot of ground and uh, had, a, had a good time doing it. And Yeah, dude. Saw, what, 15 bulls that hadn't shed on the way home, so that sort of tells part of the story. Yeah, I mean, we found elk sign. We didn't find any elk today, um, even though every place we'd go, I'd be like, hey, Clint, up here, man, I'm always getting into bulls, always getting elk, and then we go there, and it's nothing. Next, oh, this is our place. This is where I get into them. Nothing. And then, yeah, on the way home, we saw literally 15, maybe even more, because at one spot, we saw other bulls out of the truck. Um, and they all had their antlers too. So, yeah, I mean, it was kind of like, uh, it was like, you know, the anticipation of prom night pretty much every hour I'd hear you say, yep, right around this corner up over that saddle. That's the, the Mecca, the elk parties over there. There's going to be sheds everywhere. I'm like, oh yeah. Yeah. Skirts coming up. Panties are going down over there. It's all going to be fun. Get over there. Nada. But over the next ridge, that's where it's going to be. Prom I was wrong. This all was over it. over again. This is it over here. And just like your prom night, it was disappointment. It was disappointment. But you know what, though? I have the school record. I went to 14 prom. And <laughs> so, I mean, every now and again, you would get lucky. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> Disclaimer, I was at two. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I got you beat. But anyways, <laughs> we'll keep going on. So, Clint, what, what's up? Why did you come to Pennsylvania? Oh man, you know, I mean, it's, it's fun to get out and stretch the legs, whether you're scouting or looking for sheds or hunting, man, I just, I love going to new places and I've hunted Pennsylvania, but it's always been, uh, I've hunted Newcastle, um, got a good buddy that lives over there, um, local dairy farmer and stuff, known him for, you know, for years we hunt, I killed a few bucks over there with him, uh, some public, some private. Um, another guy lived in Newcastle that I was friends with, same deal, public and private, but you know, that stuff's kind of all farm country. And over here, man, you, you know, you've got like many Colorado mountains. I mean, it's, it's cool to come over here and kind of see what you guys are hunting and how you're hunting it and what you're doing. And I mean, you know, we talk so much about the, you know, our different styles. I mean, back home for me is way different than here for you. So it's just fun to get over and yeah, check it all out, you know? And I mean, it's, like I said, it's, it's, uh. It's always a, a fun adventure, and I like strapping the boots up and throwing the pack on and, going and going out. And yeah, going for it, man. I mean, and for the funny thing was, is yeah, you you had called me like only a couple of days ago. This I love plans that just pop up out of nowhere. They always work. Friday out morning, I, I wanted you to come out and and look for a big set of whitey sheds yeah. that I ended up finding Friday afternoon that we'll get some pics of and talk about later. And uh, you're like, nah, man, I got elk sheds and I need to go. And I'm like, basically invited myself. I said, well. Okay, I'll be there. And you're like, really? I'm like, hell yeah. Send me your address, bro. Yeah. Yeah. You're <laughs> like, that's oh, literally how it went. Yeah. And I'm like, all right, dude, let's make it happen. Let's do it. And uh, yeah, it just happened that quick. And next thing you know, within 24 hours, you were here from the here. time we decided to do this. Ankle bracelet came off. They they unlocked the cell and said, hey, go ahead. Yeah. This is your one chance. Last. You got a weekend pass. Yep. That's nice. And uh, so what, what was like kind of your impressions? of you know hiking around here and some of that stuff yeah so i mean from what i have seen and kind of knew about like you know the the pa wilds and and just some of the you know the the big wood stuff you guys have i mean it was everything i thought it was going to be i mean mm -hmm. you've got 
total different atmosphere from like, you know, the Midwestern stuff that I'm used to hunting when it comes to whitetails. I mean, there's not a lot of ag, mm-hmm. you know, a lot of big woods. And um, I hunt a lot of, um, over the years, I've hunted Kentucky a lot, um, all public down there. And it's kind of similar setup, you know, um, big ridges and, and saddles and, you know, spines and, and mini spines coming off of those. And I mean, it's, it's all terrain features. And I mean, you've got to be able to read sign and basically read what the deer are giving you and a lot of it in my opinion is going to stem from being able to read the landscape i mean yeah. you know if just like today i mean there were so many times where we'd get to a point out on a ridge and you'd find a bunch of buck rubs and and you know you know a buck's bed in there um you know or you'd pop up over a saddle and go down the steep bank on the leeway side of it and you know there's a bunch of rubs and scrapes on the next log road down. I mean, it's just, you know, that kind of stuff over time, you just got to learn how to hunt it and, and why, you know, why and where, but out here, it just seems like there's a, you know, there's a lot of guys that have bought into the mountain buck system. I mean, and you know, you're one of them. I mean, that's kind of your bread and butter. And yeah. I mean, you know, I got son. Yeah. I mean, you know, I mean, you know, it, it was a little disappointing to, to, stumble across all the corn piles that you had hidden but i mean i honestly don't think game commissions probably listening to this so you'll be fine yeah but, i mean outside of those the corn piles and the mineral sites and the bait sites i mean yeah you are doing it pretty legit i mean it they, they are mountain bucks i mean <laughs> yeah if you guys watch the the instagram stories by now that we put up every time i ask clint Clint, how would you set up in this scenario? He's like, well, I'd put my ground blind right over here. I'd put the corn, corn pile, pile right, right there. there. <laughs> Holy cow. That's what happens when you bring an Ohio boy. Uh, well, you know. You know I he, mean, that's all. He kills all his bucks. Oh, there. absolutely. Just, it's pile. as simple as this. You put a feeder in a, or a corn pile up and watch a booner come in and you kill it. But no, all jokes aside, we, we always joke around about that because in Ohio, you know, it is legal to bait and stuff. And you know, everybody from other states always thinks, oh, yeah, you just put a corn pile down in Ohio and a booner walks by, which definitely is, isn't is the case. But, yeah, no, it was <laughs> it, it was fun. Uh, I'm looking forward to tomorrow. We're going to get into, you know, today we pretty much focused on elk. Yeah. Got into some, I mean, well, what I would call some good mountain buck stuff. I mean. That one rub was Oh, yeah, I mean, that, that one rub line we found was, I mean, super impressive. I mean, that was definitely a, a mature buck with – but I mean, I can't say what he's got for a rack department, but he had he had some body mass to him to be able to put the dents in some of those thigh <laughs> sized trees that he did. Yeah. But uh, today we focused on elk, so it'll be fun tomorrow to get into more kind of like your bread and butter public land whitetail stuff. But and we're gonna go to more flatter terrain. I want to show you a little bit different big woods, like more. It's still gonna have some hills, but not a yeah. little bit different and. Yep. Uh, whole different way of looking at it and i think that's going to be a lot of fun to get to check that out and i'm I'm interested to see your you know input on that so yeah yeah no i mean it like i said it's totally different from the midwest stuff i mean you know but it's fun i mean i always liked hunting kentucky and pennsylvania because it's just it's a different style i mean you know you're you're keying in on different features i mean instead of crops and egg fields you know late dropping egg corns or, or in early season case early dropping egg corns i mean that's the you know it's it's just a totally different game that you're looking at and it's it's fun i mean stone sharpens stone and it's cool to go in different habitats and environments and actually make your mind work and think about okay you know if if i'm bow and i'm gonna hunt here and 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 you know he's asking me what i think you know okay what what do i think you know you look around and you're like all right well there's saddle here you got a big ridge here you got you know south facing slope here it's fun to like kind of depict it in your mind and kind of 
piece together like, okay, what would I do if I was him? You know, yeah. First thing I'd do is I'd crack open a bush light. And then from that point on, we'd make a game plan. <laughs> but but the, first, we're going to crack a bush light. And yeah. that's, that's, the key, that's the key ingredient to the whole philosophy here. With the mountain bucks. We're, oh, yeah, absolutely. Eggland bucks, farmland bucks, Midwest. I mean, we got yeah. mountains on the cans. That's what I'm saying. Oh, is that? Are those? Oh, yeah, I think you got to chug that one. Is it's, that? Is that? It's, it's peaked. It's peaked. You know what that means. <laughs> Oh, ah. if you listen to the, the podcast I did with Alex Templeton, she taught me about peaking, and this can is 100% lined up with the whole, you got to chug it. 100%, you're going to have to. I'm hoping yeah. my second one is so like that, So right too. now, I mean, we're going to have to pretty much throw this out there. This is this is where old uh, old AT comes into play. I mean, and, and I'll tell you what, she's impressed right now. She's not here to see it, but I'm going to be the first to let her know that, hey, it was chugged. That's an official that's proud an of you. Chug, yeah. Yep, yep. Fist bet. Proud of you. Yeah, proud thanks, buddy. You. She she'll be proud of you too. Yeah. Saw she delivered a calf earlier today, so shout out to her. That's impressive. I was I was pumped to see that the calf lived. Good stuff. I'm a beef farmer myself. Come from the farming background, so that's always cool. That was that was a good podcast. You guys you guys yeah. did. That was uh that was cool. It's cool to see the ranch life and whatnot. Yeah, that that was it was a great podcast. She was a great guest to have on. That's for sure. Absolutely, yeah, it was a good one. I, I enjoyed that bringing the uh, the farm side to the hunting. Yeah, not at uh, you know, it's it's we get so wrapped up in the hunting stuff. It's sometimes it's hard to really show people like what else we do, and that's kind of you know, like for me, fourth generation dairy farmer, and uh, you know, hogs, beef cows, grain crops. I mean, that's kind of my bread and butter behind the hunting stuff, you know. Mm-hmm. But that's like the other passion and love. So it's yeah, it's cool to see people like Alex that portray that and show that and and let people know hey you know i'm i'm you know i this is what i love to do this is me this is who i am yeah yeah i, I really enjoyed that oh well, thank you yeah that shit that was that was great she did a good job on that podcast but anyway so now that we got okay where were we at mountain buck strategy mountain bucks that we went into crack, peaks and bush, bush lights and alex and now we're back to yeah so we're, we're back to mountain bucks and strategies so realistically i mean Tomorrow, since today we didn't get into a, a bunch of sheds, actually no sheds, um, trying to try, trying to be uplifting and positive, um, make it sound like we got into a few, but we didn't. Tomorrow, though, is probably going to be the mother load. Hey, in this other area that I'm taking you to, I've been very successful shed hunting it before. This area we went today was brand new. Well, I've, so... I've, I've noticed that you've taken me to all the spots that I should not go to, so I'm on, on my Onyx maps. I'm Xing out these spots that we're at so I know not to go to those. Yeah. So you're actually helping me out, even though in your head you're like, aha, joke's on you, but I'm like, ooh, actually joke's on you because I know now where not to go. Yeah, there's 13.6 miles you're exactly. not going to go. Exactly, there's, there's a 13.6 mile loop today that I will not travel again. <laughs> <laughs> no, there's definitely elk there, and I guarantee you there's sheds there or there will be sheds there. When they actually drop. If they haven't dropped already, it's hard to tell. By June 1st, there should be some sheds there. <laughs> <laughs> so I'll just come back every weekend between now yeah. and then, just tell your mom and dad, like, hey, look, this is going to be kind of like a positive thing. It's going to be kind of a permanent deal. You're going to see him around a lot. Yeah. He's going to be here every weekend. Yep, that's exactly it. Next weekend, I'll, I'll just I'll have Easton and Keaton. I'll just bring both my boys here, and we'll just, hey, we'll put Keaton in the, he's eight weeks old. We can put him inside the Kafaru Reckoning, and, and you can just throw Easton, he's three. He can walk a little bit, and then when he gets tired, he can go inside your Reckoning, and yeah. we'll just make it a deal. It is what it is. Yeah, it's probably better to put him there and set it in the vehicle. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Then you got crack windows and take a chance on someone breaking in, and you don't yeah. want to do that. No, no. but yeah, the the one thing that was uh, 
neat. So we had some questions and stuff on when, when I posted on Instagram, you're yeah. going to be coming there. People are asking, you know, a few things. And the one of them uh, people were asking about was thermals. And we talked about that a little bit today. So like how mountain thermals work. And basically like in, in the mornings and the evening as you know, the sun goes down and it's cooler, there's pulling off the mountains. It's coming down into the bottoms. Yep. And as the sun warms up the hills, the air's going up. Yep. So that's kind of like, you know, that's the, the basics of thermal. It sounds simple, but it's a lot more complicated than it needs to be, than it is. Oh, yeah. No, it then, is. Then on the tops, you have the, you know, the dominant wind that's coming across. And then we got into even more where I had some milkweed that I found. And you drop it. And what it's called like a wind tunnel, basically, is where, you know, it'll go out. So it's hard to, to show. I'm doing it with my hands right now. But the... The milkweed will go out, so if you had a regular scent checker, it would just blow out, and it looks like it's going one direction. Well, what will actually happen is if you're right over the edge of a ridge, it'll go, and it'll just swirl under, kind of like a wave does, like in the ocean. Yep, come and, right back. And come right back up, and that can screw you. But that's that's something that almost takes knowing an area a little bit more to figure out how that works, because higher winds create that, where lower winds, they don't have those problems, but... What do you have any comments on the kind of the mountain thermal type deal? Because it's the same thing like out west. That yeah, I mean, I, I would you know, I mean, in my opinion, stocks out west or getting you know uh, a buck out here in the mountains within range. I mean, you're you know, once they get within that say fifty and in mark. Um, you know, you, you're getting pretty touchy feely. Mm -hmm. You're not, I mean, in my opinion, from, from the mountain stuff that I've hunted out West and then, you know, Kentucky and, and, and Pennsylvania and whatnot, I mean, you're never going to have a perfect wind and, and guys will say I had a perfect wind, but they're going off of what their wind checker showed them for the most part. And, and that is literally the wind. That's not the thermal. Mm -hmm. So, I mean, in my opinion, I feel like if I'm coming out here to hunt, if there's one thing that I'm going to want to really pay attention to, it's going to be the terrain features and how I set up accordingly. So like a few of the saddles we found today, for example, it would be obvious that you could set up right on top of the very top of the saddle. Why not? You've got deer funneling from one side up over past you into the other. You'd say, this is perfect. A wind checker would say, in the morning, your wind's going to do this, and in the evening, your wind's going to do that. But that's not what your thermals will do there. And if you check your thermals, you're going to learn that you probably should be on the leeway side of that hill in the afternoon and probably in the morning be on the opposite side that's showing the sun coming up because of the way the thermals are going to go. So when you say leeway side, what do you mean by that? So like the side, like the leeway side, like away from say like the like away from the direction that the sun's coming up okay so in my opinion i think learning how the thermals work is going to make or break guys killing bucks out here because like i said it would be obvious to say okay let's sit on the top of this saddle put our stand or climb up here or hang and bang, whatever you, you your know, ground blind. Yeah. Your you. grind, your ground blind and your corn pile with three cameras. I mean, whatever you want to do, you know, why, you know, hashtag get it done. And 
But realistically, when you break it down into what the wind's actually doing with the thermals, that's a terrible idea because on that top, you're never going to have a wind or a thermal that's going to be consistent. I mean, in the morning, you know, you're going to have it constantly pulling back. In the afternoon, you're probably going to always have it, you know, pulling towards that leeway side and going down over the, you know, that's the steeper side. So, I mean, in, you know, in my opinion, for morning hunts and evening hunts, you'd have to set up accordingly to, to figure out what those thermals are going to do because those are going to make you or break you. I mean, you get a five-year-old buck in Pennsylvania within 40 yards closing the gap, and he even gets a little hint of a thermal going the wrong direction. It's probably game over. I mean, oh, yeah. I'm sure you're going to, you know, right now you're nodding your head like, oh, yeah, 100%. Yeah, so, I've screwed up more of them times than I'd care to yeah. admit. And I'm sure you've sat back and thought, okay, what screwed me on this deal? And, oh, guess what? It's probably a combination of the wind and the thermals. Yeah. You know, I mean, realistically, if you can beat a buck's nose, in my opinion, you can you can cheat and get away with their eyes, their, their hearing, but a buck's nose, it's, they live and die by it. Yep. And, I mean, and out here... You know, they run those saddles, those ridge lines. Um, there was some, you know, some different funnels coming off of clear cuts we found today. I mean, they use all that for a reason. It's not just because they want to stroll up and down that stuff. I mean, th- that stuff is all being used to benefit them, mainly their nose. I mean, they yeah. know when they come up over that saddle, they're going to be able to test thermals on both sides. They know running some of those funnels, what the wind's going to be doing, you know, those ridge lines. I mean, they, they, you know, they've become accustomed and adapted to what on any given day, the thermals are going to be in the morning, thermals are going to be in the evening. And that's why they're using those areas. I mean, it keeps them alive. I mean, that's bottom line. That's why some of those mountain bucks die of old age. Oh, absolutely. Oh, and no one else. There's no sign of anybody else. No, no, there's not many people that's packing a climber, packing sticks and a stand in four or five, six miles. Yeah. I mean, it's (laughs) totally different. I don't want to do that. Yeah. (laughs) Totally, totally different. It takes a different type of person to actually do it. Absolutely. Every morning I'm hiking in, you know, x amount of hours early and it's cold and i'm like why am i doing this but when you get up there how about those views and stuff just oh yeah absolutely beautiful and one thing to to note a little bit too is like that big rub line we found yep how about that that wasn't right on top of the ridge no that was on a steep ass side hill just over the edge but I don't know. Actually, it was a little further down than I would imagine. Oh, I bet that was everybody at 80 to 90 yeah, off yeah. that spine. But you know what was interesting about that, and I was talking to um, Sean, um, Bo's buddy that went with us, is, you know, down below that, you had a big bowl. And it looked like it had been, you know, there were some blowdowns down there and, and can, kind of a mess. And I would assume that down there, there's deer bedding. And so my thoughts were, was on that rub line was okay. Probably a, a, a doe family is bedding down there. So if you think about it in the morning, especially because there was a food plot from the game commission mm-hmm. that would have been out in front of us. And those rubs were facing like a buck would have been going towards there. So my thoughts were immediately was okay. You got a buck working towards that food plot on the upwind side of that bedding area in the morning, catching those thermals coming up, 
scent checking for does. Head to the head to that clear cut slash food plot, whatever you want to call it. Mm-hmm. He's going to check that out. He's going to be able to win that and look at it without ever going into it. So he's killing two birds with one stone. And then right at the end of that was that nice spine with that with that saddle. So yeah, it was. So I mean, you know that like if you're a buck and you're running that rub line, you go out to that point, you hang a left, you come on the backside of the clear cut. So now you've you've went past a bedding area, didn't smell what you wanted to smell, went to a clear cut slash basically it's a food plot. Didn't see what you wanted to see. Now you're going to head out across the top of that saddle. You've got two bowls on either side of that you can go into, or you can keep running that spine. And in the morning, those thermals are all working up. I mean, literally that buck could run that spine for miles and be scent checking everything that is basically to the, well, in that scenario, to the right of him for miles. I mean, and never have to actually walk a hard step because he's, once he gets off that rub line and gets up to the top, you know, that rub line was working up. Once yeah. he got up to the top of that spine, dude, it's easy walking. And let's be honest, big bucks, they're like a fox or a coyote or anything else. They're lazy. Why do they want to side hill all day if they can sit yeah. on top of a ridge and run a spine out and be able to scent check and see everything? Why not? I mean, me, uh, when we split up, Sean and I found a few old scrapes up there. They were probably, I don't know, there was three or four... I mean, they weren't big scrapes, but they were, you know, they were scrapes that had been hit this fall. Probably 50, 60 yards a piece from one another. So there was a little scrape line up there. Don't tell me that buck wasn't hitting those, checking those, seeing what was going on. I mean, yeah, perfect scenario for a guy come first week in November. Jump up in there and spend the day, man. I mean, you know, stuff like that. It's just, it's like I said, it's fun to, to depict and like as I'm walking, I'm thinking, okay, how would I... What would I do here? What's a buck doing here? Why is this? You know, I try to always think, okay, here's the sign. This is what the buck has shown me he's left behind. This is this is what, you know, what he's done. Now, why did he do it? Why, you know, my, my brain's always working like overdrive of why is this here? Why did he make a rub line here? Why is there a scrape line here? Why is he working this ridge? And then you start looking, okay, well, it's super thick down here, south-facing slope probably does bedded here in the mornings the way the rubs are facing it looks like he's heading towards this clear cut in the morning etc 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 you know it's it's yeah. just, it's fun to just try to like depict what's you know why did this buck instead or why are these just, bucks doing that instead of just looking at the signs there's a big rub here i'm gonna hunt right here right you look yeah. at the bigger picture where you're yeah, talking why? about possibly setting up yeah quarter mile away exactly for that deer exactly and 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 everybody wants to be in the now I found these, you know, sheds now. I found this rub line now. I found this scrape line now. That's great, but that what you find in March is doing you no good. Like now, like yeah. that's doing you no good. You need to backtrack. Why? Why was it there in November? Why was that stuff there? Why are these sheds here now? You know, what I mean, it, you know, it's 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 easy to depict what's going on right now like okay right now i'm finding these rubs i'm finding these sheds i'm fine but the bigger picture is why why are they here you know why is this rub line here 
you know, why is he scrapes here? Uh, why is this gigantic trail paralleling the saddle on the leeway side? Why is it here? I mean, it's like you gotta, you need to actually sit back and take a step back in a minute and just take it all in and be like, okay, I'm this buck. What am I doing here? Why? Why am I here? What's, why are these rubs here? Why did I stop here and hit these scrapes? You know, what, what's actually happening to make me do this stuff? And I think when you sit back and you do that, you're actually almost, you're thinking like a deer versus thinking like a hunter. I think a lot of times we want to think like a hunter, like, oh, there should be a buck here, but let's take a step back. Let's, let's look at it as why should there be a buck here? Or why is there a buck here? Not, you know, well, there should be one here, but the sign is showing that there was one here. So now let's, let's think about why, why, why is this spot going to be good every November? Or why is it going to be good next year? You know, why was he here this year? What's, what's going on? And that rub line, like as distinct and as big as those trees were, I mean, realistically, that was some of the most impressive sign we saw all day, including some of the elk stuff. I mean, those, that whitetail rub line was as impressive as some of the elk stuff we were looking at, you know, rub wise. I mean, I don't know about you, but I'd be spending, I'd be spending some time on that spine, no doubt. <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah. I was, I was fired up seeing that. Like one, oh, yeah. you didn't get to see the one rub I found down over the hill. It was literally. Yeah. You said as, you found a giant one. Yeah. It was about as big as my waist around. I mean, the thing was, and I, I don't know. It was just huge. And, and for all you guys listen, I mean, he's got a 42 inch waist. So, I mean, that's a big <laughs> rub. I mean, that's, we're like, we don't mean like leg size. I mean, we're talking like martonic waistline size. And that's a big old rub yeah. there now. Of straight steel. Of straight steel. That's right. <laughs> Absolutely. But yeah, no, that's, that's a big takeaway from that is just when you find in that sign, again, exactly what you said, the why behind it, not taking it as this is a big rub i'm going to set over it right uh whatever that may be you know it's there's there's so much more into that and i think that's cool and i'm excited to you know get out tomorrow and look at some other spots and just and and just kind of see like i was telling you it was kind of weird and when i'm in really steep type terrain i don't find as many scrapes mm-hmm. and i find more rubs mm-hmm. bigger rubs yep and doesn't necessarily mean there are any bigger deer than i'm finding in some of the areas that are big woods less terrain features and stuff that I'm finding more big scrapes and not as many big rubs. And, and the, the guys from wild at heart that I'd podcasted with in the past, their theory on the rub thing Mm -hmm. is that the bucks love to bet out on the points and there's only so many points. You think they're a little trying to show maybe their dominance a little bit more and, or maybe, you know, also that there's a lot, bigger trees out there's not as many small saplings as you go out in some of these oak yep. flats I, I don't know there's a bunch of different things to think about but it's it's interesting well and too i mean i've always said you know like some of the ground that i've got um you get steep side hills and stuff and i mean if you think about it and you you put yourself in a buck's you know put yourself in a buck's shoes would you rather make a scrape up on the top on a flat say like up on a ridge line or do you want to make it on a side hill where you're literally like fighting uphill to hit your licking branch fighting uphill to put your scent on the branch fighting uphill to try to like you know dig out your scrape and i mean and like i said i'm not trying to dumb deer down but i think at times we as as hunters and especially bow hunters we over over overanalyze and overthink things. Yeah. And I think 
like from what I've seen today and what I've seen at home, I mean, don't get me wrong, a mature buck is super smart, but they're also very lazy. I mean, they, they, you know, they, I mean, like I said, look at, look at some of the sign and the stuff that we saw on top of those spines and and the ridges and stuff. And, and some of the side hills, yeah, but they weren't 300 yards down. They were within a hundred yards off the top where it's still fairly easy walking. Yep. But the thermals are letting them scent check everything that's down below. Yeah, them. they don't need to go down over. No, now if, if there's a hot doe down there, absolutely. Hey, oh, be my guest. I'm coming down to sniff and see what's going on. Yeah. But until they smell what they want to smell, I'm going to run this top. And I think the same thing is with the rubs and scrapes. I mean, you know, you yourself, would you rather make a scrape on a side hill or up on an oak flat? I mean, yeah. I mean, I, I'm a stud. I can make it wherever I want, but mostly on top. Okay, for all of you listening who are not built out of steel like Bo, would you rather make a, 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 a <laughs> scrape on a side hill? Oh, okay. So you're all saying, in my rather... humble opinion. Yeah, okay, all right. So everyone is agreeing that they'd rather make it up on a top. I mean, yeah. so, so you're a bad example. You're, okay. you're a bad okay. example. I forgot. Or on the bottom. Uh, yeah, or on the bottom. Yeah. yeah. But, you know, I, I, I'm sorry. I was a bad example, bad analogy. I forgot you're made of carbon and steel. So therefore it's a terrible, you know, <laughs> you know, realistically, uh, uh, the way you were designed, you could make a scrape going up a tree and a rub going down. I mean, it's, it's, it's fine. You, you, you do whatever you want. And to everyone listening, if, if you can tell when Clint and I get together, it's more of a, a shit show. I'm just kidding. It's not. No, <laughs> it's pretty close, <laughs> but we're like. We got to come up with some serious, like we, we need to talk about some serious stuff. Cause him and I, we just bust on each other the whole time. Oh, we out do. There. We're we like, do. Eh. but that's what makes it fun. Yeah, it does. Yeah, it makes, that's what it makes it fun. A blast. You know, it's a mix of, you know, messing with each other to, to you know, actually learning it. And yeah. you know, I picked up a lot from, you know, from learning from Clint today and, you know, and he's getting to see some different stuff and it's just oh, yeah, always, there's, there's a ton and there's of- always things you can apply. I mean, even things like you might find here that, that you see a deer is doing that might put a piece to a puzzle together back oh, home yeah, back and same vice versa you, you know, know back home i mean i i was thinking today when you were explaining how some of these points work i don't have as steep a points but i've got some points and some stuff that in that in, in in my opinion you know the philosophy on bucks betting at the end of those points and actually hanging out there for a lot of the you know the the early season and whatnot and realistically not traveling too far in daylight off those points makes sense and i mean there's some spots that i need to check out and actually maybe hunt a little closer to that bucks probably are using that up till this point i've just never honestly really i mean i've kind of seen it and and thought about it but i'm like eh, i don't know but you come out here and i mean you guys live and die by that and i'm yeah. like man if they are if they're doing this and being successful year in and year out, this is something that I need to to throw into my arsenal and at least give a chance. At least consider and, it. Yeah. Well, I mean, at least go hunt it and, and, and try to figure out how to work that into my philosophy and my game plan on, hey, if there is a buck bedding at the end of these points on some of these ridges, instead of waiting for him to mess up during the rut, maybe mid-October I go in there and get aggressive and go after him, you know, and, and – Basically, try to kill that sucker before he gets horned up and starts traveling looking for does. Because then, at that point, I have no clue where he's at. So, yeah, I mean, it's it's you know, there's things that I've taken away from this already that I'm like, man, you know, yeah, that makes sense. What what Bo said. I mean, even though he's 
a drunk and an idiot. That does make sense. And I feel like <laughs> I I need to take away from that and, and utilize that in my arsenal. So, yeah, no, that's, that's what I mean. It's always cool to hook up with people and and look at different landscape, different terrain features. And, and I, I try to always take away stuff. And it always I always leave going, okay. I see what he's doing here. All right. Or, now, okay. now how can I get He's can a dumbass. How does he do good? Every yeah. Yeah. Or I'm like, okay. So he shoots him at night with a rifle because they're allowed to spotlight here to like 11 or whatever the rule is. Okay. That makes sense. <laughs> so now how can I get away with that in Ohio? What can I, how can I, what lights, what light system on my truck can I use? <laughs> <laughs> I'd recommend rigid light bars. Oh, but... <laughs> rigid. <laughs> oh man. No, that, that was, that was cool. Clint, uh, to get to see that that and and mess around on top of those ridges and those points and and get to get to do a little bit of that but i kind of want to change gears a little bit here and and get into you know what's what's going on with what's going on with clint casper and his life like what's what's up for me i mean man just focusing on doing a ton of writing um writing full-time for peterson's you know was Granted a huge opportunity from uh, Christian Berg and everybody there at Peterson's to write full-time. So uh, pretty much every month, um, at least one or two articles I get to do for those guys and, and love working with everybody there on the digital side and the, the magazine side. Um, you know, um, got the little guy, Keaton, who's uh, he's going to be nine weeks old next week. Um, so, yeah, man, really enjoying, you know, watching him grow and uh, – He's already got more hair than I do, which is good for him, but unfortunate for me. And, and uh, Easton, he'll be, you know, he'll be three there. In uh, he's he's a Cinco de Mayo baby, so he's probably gonna be a partier. Um, be which you know, I just I'm just not much into the beer drinking and hell raising, but he's gonna probably be. So I'm gonna have to figure out how to like combat that because that's just not really my yeah. my style. Uh-huh. Speaking of that, I'm out. So if you could get another bush light, that'd be great. All right. Um, but uh, no, man, it's just just fun, uh, you know, raising them and and yeah, just you know, a ton of ton of hunts, man, planned for this year. Um, man, you know, I, I just I just try to plan, you know, my year around, you know, the, the kids and you know, um, I got obligations at work, obviously, but a lot of time off and, um, you know, me and dad grain farm a lot and stuff. So, you know, you try to work in your hunts around everything, but man, I, I just, I just try to live, you know, the, the, the best life, uh, that I can live. And, you know, my passion and dreams has always been to, you know, basically be able to make money farming and, and, and hunting and stuff. And I mean, that's, that's just still where I'm at, you know, just still chasing, chasing those dreams um you know the writing thing has really taken off for me and uh you know the, the farmers treated us really good the last few years we're up to around 1100 acres of you know grain crops and stuff so man i enjoy every minute i get to farm with dad um you know it's always fun to you know get a long day of farming in and crack a couple cold ones with dad at the end of the day so yeah. you know but uh yeah hunts wise um yeah man i'm gonna get to go uh as a lot of you know, I'm, I'm really good friends with Brian Barney, host of Eastman's Elevated. Going to get out with him uh, in May, him and uh, my other, our other good buddy, Dan Heverin. I'm um, going to get out with them guys in Montana and hunt spring bears and then cash my points in. Um, going to go in uh, all in for muleys in Colorado. Um, that's going to be a solo deal. Uh, don't even ask me how long it's going to be because it, it might take four days. It may take 19. I already told work, Hey, I might be gone the entire month of September. I don't know, but I'm not going <laughs> back to like kill one. And then, uh, in September, um, 
<laughs> I think me and Brian are going to hook up. Uh, me, Brian, and Dan are going to go to Idaho, I think, and hunt um, up towards the Idaho and uh, Montana line. One of those units up there, I think we're going to do an over-the-counter deal. And then um, I'm going to be in Utah bow hunting muleys in October with a good buddy of mine, uh, Ty Glenn. And then um, back to Idaho in November um, with Brian and Dan again to hunt um, rut muleys with a bow, which is going to be a first for me. But those guys do it every year. And, man, I'm really pumped for that. I mean, just freaking going for it. Yeah. You know, just immerse yourself in the in the rut and, and seeing those freaking big old muley bucks chasing does and just running around like chickens with their heads cut off man i'm like super jacked to get out and do that i mean cold snow you know i mean i get it like it it could be a little better weather but i mean i don't know man i'm one of those guys that like i I mean it's cliche but i like to embrace the suck which i know you do too like it's you know it's uh there'll be some painful moments in that hunt i'm sure but i'm looking forward to it so, and then obviously I got whitetail stuff. I mean, man, I bounce around every year between, you know, I'm going to try to hopefully get out here and do a little hunting with you and then Ohio and maybe even Kentucky again, Illinois could be on the board. I mean, we'll just, you know, I, I, I just kind of drift around. We'll see what happens with the whitetail season, but, uh, yeah, man, just going to go for it. You know, just going to continue to, you know, base life around, you know, obviously the boys and, uh, hunting and farming and, and family and, and just not letting anything get in the way of that. I mean, you know, just, uh, try to live, uh, each day, like it's your last. Uh, I think a lot of people get caught up in the money game and man, they just get caught up in the hustle and bustle. And it's like, gosh, you know, you only live once. I mean, you, yeah. you gotta, you know, you got to have passion and you got to have goals and, and desires. And if you don't have that, I really feel like you're just not living life. I mean, I, you know, I see so many people that, man, they get up, they go to work, they come home, they get up, they go to work, they come home. There's, there's no, they have no like burning just desire. Yeah, there's, it's like, man, like even when I'm at work, I'm thinking about like, gosh, you know, what tag am I going to draw or what unit should I apply for? Or what's, you know, I mean, it's just, it's just, my mind is constantly in overdrive on, you know, a mixture between like hunting and the boys and farming and just, that's what I'm passionate about. That's what I like to talk about. It's what I like to do. And, uh, yeah, I mean, it just, you know, there's, there's a lot, I, I hear people all the time that are like, oh man, I'd love to do what you do. And I'm like, so go do it. I mean, I'm no millionaire. I mean, I, I got a County highway. I work with the County highway department, engineers department. Psh, I mean, you know, you're talking forty, fifty thousand dollar job. I mean, it ain't. You know, I'm not making no six figures. I'm no millionaire. I mean, a lot of my tags are over the counter, or they're one or two points, and and like the whitetail stuff's all public and private, knock on doors. I mean, you know, I've set my life up and based it around you know basically family and and hunting, and that's that's what's important to me. And anyone can do that. Yeah. I mean, you've done it. I mean, you know, you're a prime example. I mean, you've you've had a dream, you wanted to do this podcast, you wanted to, you know, make kind of a, a, a name for yourself in the industry by, you know, setting up and starting a podcast. I remember whenever you pitched me the idea, you know, man, what was that? Probably it was been January. Like January I was going to say it would have been like January 20. Yeah. January, 2018. And, uh, I remember my exact words. I mean, I can't quote it like word for word on the podcast. It was like you said, you're going to fail. 
Yeah, that's exactly. <laughs> what I, said. <laughs> I can't. I can't quote exactly. Probably what I said for for lack of if there's kids listening and whatnot. I don't want to throw too many cuss words, but I was pumped for you. And around and you know, in latent terms, it was hell yeah, dude. Freaking go for it, man. Like I mean, go all in. If you're gonna do something, freaking dive into it head first. Go all in, hundred and ten percent. And hey, if you if you make it, you make it. And if you fail, you fail. But at least you you gave it everything you had, and that's what you wanted to do. And you you can. You can't be disappointed in yourself for for trying to do something. I mean, and if you if you don't quit, you can't fail. I mean, you can fail, but you yeah, it, you know what I mean. You like just, you just keep, keep going. chipping away. You just you keep, keep going. chipping away. And it's like 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 it is with with you and Mule Deer and me and Elk. You know what I mean? Just keep ch- yeah. That's the only thing that me you, know, you and I joke back and forth all the time oh, yeah. about our unsuccessful trips. And when I say yeah. unsuccessful, I just mean by the fill in the tag standpoint. Yeah. You learn so much every year, but we're sticking to these goals. It's not, you know, I'm not getting discouraged. It's, it's pretty easy for you and I both to be like, man, this sucks that, you know, I've been chasing this for you know, X amount of days or months or whatever it oh, is, you know, the minutes spent preparing and the money and oh yeah, absolutely. Yeah. But without that burning passion and desire to do anything, I mean, I'd be freaking lost. Oh, yeah. L- life is just... I'd be a miserable prick. L- <laughs> you know, life would just... Well, you are a miserable prick. I was waiting anyway, for it. God but, damn it. Yeah, you thought you were going to get away. You thought, <laughs> you thought it was going to happen. But no, I mean, yeah, life would be, for me, would be a joke um, without passions and desires and, and just goals. I mean, I'm some, you know, just super driven and goal oriented. And I've always, well, just like me in the writing. I mean, man, I remember being at Kent state, I was 20 years old and we had to write, um, we had to write a how to, had to be a five page how to, um, paper, how to do something. And it was like first week of class. (sighs) fall semester so right before bow season yeah so my mind is definitely not on kent state classes and uh the professor was like you know going around kind of asking some of us like what are you gonna write about i'm like i don't know but i did know i knew what i was gonna write about (laughs) but i was just a i was like afraid to like let it let it loose so i wrote how to kill a mature buck with a bow I wrote this paper and I'm like, oh, this is kick ass. Like, I'm going to get an F because this woman is probably going to be like a PETA supporter and be like, yeah, absolutely not. Try again. You're an effing idiot. Don't ever write about killing an animal again. Total opposite. She's like, reading this paper makes me want to shoot a bow. I don't know if I want to hunt, but she's like, you're the excitement that poured from this. She's like, it overshadowed the misspelled words and commas because you probably were out drinking the night before you turned this in and didn't proofread it. And I'm like, you're good. You're real good. <laughs> but I got, I, I got like a 90 something on that paper. And, uh, so she handed the paper back. She told me to see her after class. You know, I'm thinking shit, here it comes. Now it's going to be like, okay, I gave you a good grade, but don't ever do that again. And it was total opposite. She's like, you need to go with this. She's like, dude, you got a talent. Like you're, I've never read a hunting article, magazine, book, et cetera. She's like, I was interested from start to finish. And I'm like, well, you know, it's funny you said that. I'm like, I've always kind of wanted to write. And she's like, y- you need to, you need to start. And it's taken me 10 years. And I, I, I always said, if I don't make it by the time I'm 30 to where I'm actually getting paid and I'm making money doing this, 
Um, I'm gonna give it. A, I'm gonna give it ten years, and I'm gonna freaking take photos, write articles. I'm gonna send them in. In the first four or five years, I mean, oh, dude, I don't know how many times I've been rejected by you name a publication. Every publication that I write for right now, which is Peterson's Full Time, Deer and Deer Hunting, Eastman's, Bow Hunter, Bow Hunting World, and name any of them, I've been rejected by all of them, like numerous, more times than I'd like to admit. But the goal was okay, you, you know, you got rejected, they just didn't want it you're going to keep pounding the door like sooner or later, the door is going to open. And when I was, you know, 26, 27, it started to open a little bit and it was a little crack and I slithered my way in. And from that point on, I just had it in my head. Like, okay, you got to your 30. That was the, that was my cutoff point. I'm, I'm going to go bigger, go home till I'm 30. And, uh, Oh man, I, I spent so much money going on trips. And back then, I mean, God, I mean, I, I, nobody knew me. I was nobody. Like there was no deals. There was no stuff for free. I mean, I was paying for everything, trying to keep up with the latest, greatest gear, trying to keep up with the newest bows and and arrows and trying to stay in the game and damn near went broke twice doing it. But eventually it started to sort of, you know, the ball started rolling. And then last year, I mean, I think last year I had 14 or 15 articles published, a couple online and then a bunch in, you know, different magazines. And then this year, Christian scooped me up and he's like, hey, man, we want you. We want you full time. We want you, you know, for Peterson's. And, you know, it's kind of surreal. Yeah. I mean, it it literally took me nine years. I mean, and I said, I'm going to try it for 10. And if I don't make it, I'm going to go back to just hunting. I'm just going to I'm still going to hunt and be hardcore bow hunter, but I'm. I'm going to say, okay, I put 10 years into this. I put a ton of money, blood, sweat, and tears into it. I gave it my all. I, I went the absolute max of where I wanted to be. Just didn't work out. But you know what? I, I did it for 10. I tried my damnedest. It took nine years to get to like where it is right now, but it finally paid off. But I think back, you know, there's so many times where f- just different people, family, friends were like, Man, you know, I, you know, gosh, I don't know. I mean, it, it'd be more fun just to go back to just hunting and not have the stress of, are you going to get turned down? Are you not? Or are you, you know, are you going to be able to afford this trip or not? And I just kept figuring out a way to make it happen. And I'm like, sooner or later, it's got to pay off, you know. And I honestly, I think some of these publications just got tired of me emailing them, and they were like, you know what? It's just easier to let this kid write for us. The well, hell why do that? you think I had you come here? I got tired of you calling me and texting <laughs> well, I me. Mean, hey, and hey, <laughs> jokes on you, buddy. My philosophy worked. <laughs> I, I'm gonna start using that. Hey, hey, hey! hey don't listen, hate the player. Yeah, hate the system. <laughs> yeah, that's exactly right. <laughs> <a> good system. <laughs> but no, I mean, I just want people to take away from that, though. Like, you know, if there's something you want to do, whether it's man, bass fishing, deer hunting, writing articles. I mean, if you've got a goal and there's something you want to do, I mean, don't let anything or anybody shout out to all the haters out there. You know, <laughs> Don't let anybody, cause here's the deal. And I I've heard, um, you know, we've talked about this before Bo and I, you know, you hear Cam Haynes and you hear, um, David Goggins, David Goggins. And I just heard, um, David Brinker and Brian Barney talk about this and Dan Picard the other day on Eastman's Elevated. The minute you go from being a normal person to trying to be extraordinary and doing something that's not the mainstream normal everyday thing, 
you're going to have people hate you for that because A, they're jealous. B, they want to be that guy, but they don't want to put in the work and effort or they already know in their head or they think they know in their head they can't do it. So, you know, not to go on a rant, but just block all that shit out. I mean, do do you worry about you and, and let the cards fall how they may. But just know at the end of the day that you're doing everything you can to achieve those goals. And I mean, just like you in the podcast, I mean, you had a vision, you had a dream, you had a goal. And, you know, look at it now. I mean, now you've got the Clint Casper sitting here in Holy your basement hell. podcasting. I mean, I usually charge 10 grand for this shit. And literally, I'm sitting here just telling you, hand Did me you a just read Joe, Lo- Joe Rogan's thing or what? That that's no, what he's charging? No, yeah. no I yeah. mean, I'm just saying, hey, he does follow me on Instagram. I'm yeah. just saying, big deal. Hey, and <laughs> no, to, to your point, though, with all that, Clint, like it, you and I were talking about earlier and don't get discouraged whether it's you want to do something with content creation whether you want to do writing whether yep. you want whatever it is photography any, any of it. you one you're going to start out terrible yep and the there's, there's absolutely zero shortcut to nope. get anywhere nope. you know a lot of people may look like wow well they just blew up in a short amount of time do you want to know the the front the you know yep. the back stages to that to get to there and the other thing was about look like me nine years dude yeah, and nine like, years—that's a long time. That's, yeah, there's that's an eighth of my life, dude. A lot basically. of bush lights <laughs> went through that yeah. time. Oh boy, <laughs> I could barely afford bush light. Almost had to go to old Natty Lights. Oh geez, that would have been sad. That's what I'm saying. Natty Ice, perhaps. <laughs> I would. The would. Natty Daddy, get you some. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> but like, and, and like you said, when you go from doing something ordinary to trying to do something extraordinary. Yep. And that doesn't mean like you're, you know, you're pumping up yourself or anything, but no. when you're doing something out of the normal, yep. you're going to have people that don't like it. And oh, that's yeah. fine. I mean, you, we talked about earlier when I started this podcast and everything, it's, you know, the podcast is nothing huge, nothing like that, but it's something different that people, especially in my hometown and stuff, aren't used to people doing you know it's not the i'm going to work i'm going to come home and drink a 12 pack and go to bed you know it's something out of that realm and that makes them uncomfortable that i'm doing that and again this is not sitting here tooting my own horn in any way it's just this is what happens and people start you know talking shit on this or that and they go through and you know i I got told that it's easier to put you down than to 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 try to build you up. Oh, yeah. Like, like when, when I said that, it I, is. I had that tree stand incident this year, and I had a guy, and he knows who he is, you know, came, was out there telling everybody that I made that up for publicity. Yeah. You know, like, you, you get that, that kind of shit that happens, and, oh, there we go. That was a good one. But uh, the mountains didn't line up. You're lucky. And it's, it's just something that uh, the, the whole point of this is to – no matter what it is, if you want it bad enough, you want something, just go for it. And it sounds, again, so cliche, but damn, it's life is so short. If you don't have something you're passionate about and drives you, you know, I, I don't know. I just get, I, I get so freaking worked up thinking about it and pumped up. And, and, you know, that's why I like hanging out with people like you and the others I've become close with. You know, I just, I've kind of dropped out the people in my life that are negative in any way and and put it's it down it's unfortunate but you have to yeah and it sucks because, because negativity a, brings you down and i mean had a lot of good friends that you know over the years that i've kind of let slip away and it was not on accident yep but there again though i mean you know you've 
I was on the way out here this morning uh, early. I was listening to, uh, like I said, to um, Eastman is Elevated with Brian Barney and uh, Dan Picard was sitting in and, and Dave Brinker. And Dave was talking about, you know, basically catering his life to the music world. I mean, he's pretty much left uh, most of the avenues that he was working at before and he's working on records and he's always wanted to make money off of basically hunting and music. And it's taken him, you know, 20 some 30 years, whatever to, to get to this point, but it's always been his dream, his goal. He's got his wife supporting him. He's got his kids supporting him. He's got family and friends. And like he said, um, you know, I, this isn't word for word, a quote, but basically, you know what? I worry about those who support me and the ones that don't the hell with them. I mean, and, and <laughs> I mean, that's basically where it's at. I mean, yeah. you know, uh, the people that are, that are, are, are going to be negative, um, and try to put you down, um, are the ones that honestly, it's sad, but they're, they're just, they're just unhappy with what they're doing in life. And they're unhappy with, you know, maybe decisions they've made, maybe, maybe they've got stuff they want to chase that they've just never took the jump to chase it. I, I don't know what the case is, but regardless, you know, like, like, uh, Grogan says, you, you can't, worry about that shit i mean you yeah. you can't you got to put that in the rearview mirror and never look in there and and you know i've heard him say you don't need a rearview mirror if you have one you need to rip it off there's no is there is no looking back and when you think about it state of pennsylvania i think that'll get you pulled over but keep continue realistically though i mean all i really have to say is that i write for peterson's and they'd be like you're, you're good bro keep going yeah yeah yeah, yeah i mean for deal. you it might be different I mean, I just hope that we can cut the door open to get your head out here pretty quick. Uh, I mean, this double doors down there look like it'd probably fit it. Yeah, we could probably take it off the track, but yeah. yeah but we, could, we could probably take it off the track. I mean, I am rocking the East meets West, you know. Stealth hat. Stealth hat right now. So, yeah. I mean, it, realistically, my head is pretty big because, you know, I mean, I'm kind of, I'm I, right now I'm part of something that's, you know, it's it's so big that everyone in your hometown hates you now, and so that's that's, that's pretty big. I mean, like you know, you're big time when everybody hates you. Yeah. No, I'm just I'm just kidding. Yeah. Not everybody hates Bo. Only about one out of every two. <laughs> <laughs> that's better success rate than I have in anything else. So. That's right. That's right. <laughs> but no, anyway. Long story short, though, man, uh, it's it's fun to uh, you know it's fun to get together with you and to hang out. Um, you know, we're both very like-minded and, and goal-oriented and passionate about stuff. And it's, it's fun to be around people that are like that because it does it, you know, like I, I'll leave here tomorrow, um, with a hangover probably, and with a better sense of direction in what I want to do because of the positivity that, you know, comes from you and, and what you're doing with the podcast. And it just, it almost pumps me up, you know, like to, hear about you know your plans and what's going on in the future and and just things that's happening with the podcast like i'm pumped for you i'm excited for you you know i i get to provide some blogs and some podcasts so i get to be a small little piece of it yeah it's exciting and then i leave and i'm like man hell yeah you know bo's got this going on like man that just makes me want to work even harder on what i got going on and 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 you just you just keep climbing the ladder together with people that are like-minded and you know like i like we said i mean it's unfortunate but some people you got to leave behind. I mean, it is what it is, you know? Um, 
Yeah, and stick and stick to your goals. I mean, if you you got something you really want, there's going to be so many roadblocks that come in the way besides the people, but just oh yeah, different things, money, you know, time. Well, that's like that's like Western hunting in general. Like I, I get asked a lot about Western hunting, and um, you know, guys that are like, yeah, man, you know, I drew a tag this year. I'm I'm so pumped to go out. Um, you know. Um, I'm, 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 I'm going to go after, a. I, I, I really want to kill a 340 bull and I sit back and I, I look at this and I'm like, this guy's never left Ohio. He's never hunted out West and he's got his sights on, you know, 340 bull, which is fine. That's okay. Like that's a, that's a goal. That's good. But just remember that probably won't happen overnight. So it could take years. I mean, prime example is myself with mule deer. The last four years I've been on a lot of mule deer hunts and I, I've been at full draw on a couple giants. I, I could have killed or shot some solid bucks, 140 to 160 bucks. But honestly, that's not, it's just, that's not what I'm, it's not what I want. And, and it, for me, it's that go big or go home mentality. That's what I'm after. It's what I'm chasing. That's what I want. Um, and when that finally happens, which is going to be this August or early September in Colorado, you can set your date to it right now. It's going to happen. You'll see it on Instagram. 100% um, success rate? 101. Dude, you beat me. I was 100% last year and came out zero. 101. <laughs> but... You know, it's, it's just, it's, you've got to have the mindset of success, especially out West cannot only be measured in punching tags. The knowledge I've gained, the things I've seen, the pictures I've taken, the, like, I wish I could take all the listeners with me to some of the places I've been in Colorado, the 14,000 foot peaks. And actually guys, he said he's hunting solo. So if anybody wants to hunt with him, just send him a message. Yeah, yeah. I'll just <laughs> jump on. I'll put you in my Kafaru reckoning. Or, yeah. Or my, my hoodlum, whatever I'm running and, and you just come on with me. But no, I mean, I just, like I said, I love, I'm so passionate about Western hunting because of the experience and, and just the, the total package that comes with it. But there's so many people that only base Western hunting off of success. And it's like, man, you're trying to go 20 states away from the East Coast to the West in five or six, seven days and trying to get something killed. That's a trophy. You know, a lot of the guys want a trophy class animal. And I get that. That's a great goal. But just, you know, realize you might have to work at that. Yeah. I mean, you know, look well, at like you said, like think about all the time we plan scouting and money putting in the tags and time's the biggest thing. That's oh, absolutely. money money can be made any You've day. You've got to have time. But the time and then, you know, so you're putting years after years, you know, I'm on my fourth year going for elk as you are for mule deer. Yep. And you know, I get asked that all the time. How how do you go out there that many years and not kill anything? And you know, I'm not one, I'm never i didn't start this podcast east meets west to say i'm a um, a genius western hunter because that ain't the case i'm learning i'm trying to get better i want to and literally when i go out there every single day i have in my head i'm killing an elk and it's going to to happen yeah you have to i'm gonna say day five five to six on a hunt it takes me a lot to get that mindset but (laughs) but you have to have it you do because that way when the moment comes Mentally, you've already replayed it in your head. It's yeah. just secondhand nature. You're going to draw your bow back. 
you're going to settle your pin and you're going to freaking smoke a 340-inch bull. Yeah. Then you're going to trip, fall, break your ankle. I'm going to laugh and... Yeah, and then you're going to come pack it out I'm for me. I'm come pack it <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, well, you're down. You might even be up in Idaho at the same time. I you am. never know. You know. You know it's, hey, you, you, you never know. You never know. But, yeah, we got on a big tangent and a rant there. But, no, it's, it's uh, yeah, just be passionate about stuff. But understand that goals don't happen overnight. Success doesn't happen overnight. And, uh, you know, um, in the grand scheme of things, man, just keep chipping away you know make set your goal and then set little micro goals you know like for me with with the mule deer thing um gosh you know it's it's been so much fun just to learn the habitats and and how they how they live in the desert how they live at 10,000 feet how they live on yeah up in the high country I mean I've hunted so many different terrain features and and it's just constant knowledge gain constant you know, just thinking in my head, okay, what can I do different? What can I be better at? What do I need to work at? Maybe it's cardio, maybe it's glassing, maybe it's this, you know, and it's, it's, you're just, you're putting it together. So that way, when the moment of truth arises and I've got my 187 inch four by five at 70 yards and I know, okay, this is my moment. This is it. This is, it's time to you know, I, I'm going to stock in that final 10 or 15 yards and, and get to 50 or whatever the case may be. I know in my head, like, yep, you're Game ready. Over. You're ready. When, when this bow gets drawn back, shit's dying. And that's the mentality you've got to have. I mean, you've got to believe in yourself, number one. Nobody else is going to believe in you until you believe in yourself. I mean, that's just bottom line. You know, you believed in yourself, you could do this podcast. Like I said, now you've got me on it. You've you've made it. <laughs> <laughs> but no, though. Seriously, though. I mean, you you believe, and you know, look at look at where you're at now. I mean, I believed I could be a writer. I could start at the bottom, yep. and I'm in my basement. That's absolutely. <laughs> this is right where you needed to be with me drinking Bushlight. How much higher could you honestly want to go? Uh, honestly, I'm at. You're at my the peak. Pit of me, my life. You are at the peak, my man. You're at the at peak. The peak. You're at the peak. Hey, I'm happy to be here, Clint. I appreciate you coming on, buddy. Where can people find some more information on you and uh, some of your content? Yeah, so I got a few videos on uh, Pornhub. I got a no, <laughs> <laughs> no. Uh, yeah, so Casper Clint on Instagram, uh, Clint Casper on Facebook. Like I said, uh, I write uh, every issue for Peterson's Bow Hunting. Um, you can catch me on uh, every now and again. I think I've got two, two or three articles that'll be dropping in deer and deer hunting. Um, pa, probably one or two going to be in bow hunter this year. Uh, I think one or two accounts on farmers only. One or two accounts on farmers only. I've got uh, two, an antelope article, and I believe uh, it's going to be kind of like. Uh, yeah, kind of like an East meets West type of deal for Eastman's. Um, so there'll be two there. Um, working class bow hunter. I do a lot of blog work there. Do some blog work for you at East meets West. Um, podcast wise, you know, East meets West, Eastman's elevated, working class bow hunter, et cetera. But so yeah, I'm around. I mean, get around a little bit. Yep. I get I get around. I, I try to try to be the, you know, the, the, the shining, the shining, uh, shining star or the the most glittered hooker in the industry if i can you know <laughs> I, I, I put myself out there i'm like hey here's me 
Yo, pasties on. Check me out. <laughs> Take me or leave me. Take me or leave Love me. Love me or hate me. Love me or hate me. It is what it is. But, but the good news is tomorrow is not going to be filled with stripper dust. Tomorrow is going to be filled with sheds, whitey sheds. Hopefully bring in your big pack because we're carrying out oh, a bunch, Oh, I'll tell you what. I'm going to need all, so what is the reckoning, 62? Well, no, I got 6, the- 6,500. I was going to say, I got a couple size. I got a couple large and medium pouches. Yeah, so I'm going to need probably all 65 to 6,700 inches of that pack to carry all the sheds out tomorrow. It's <laughs> It's going to be incredible. All right, dude. Well, I'm holding you to it. And by the time this releases, they'll know whether you were lying or not. So that's all there is to it. Well, it pretty much all boils down to your guiding service. And so far, it's been uh, subpar at best. But tomorrow is a new day. And with a positive attitude and positive thoughts, positive things could happen. Positive sheds and positive lights are going to be shined on us. All right, I'm done. Are you Let's, making? Do you want to? Do you want to get back to drinking beer? I'm done. Are you making reference to the positive light thing to the spotlighting tonight? Is that what you were? Yeah. The yeah, positive. Yeah, okay. Yeah. I just wanted to make sure everyone else caught on to that. <laughs> so this is how the Martonics kill big bucks. They spotlight at night. Anyways, good night. All right. Hey, Clint. Thanks again, buddy. Absolutely appreciate it, my man. Thanks so much for listening to this episode of East Meets West Hunt with your host, Bo Martonic. For more great content and to stay up to date, visit eastmeetswesthunt.com, Facebook at East Meets West Outdoors, and Instagram at East Meets West Hunt. If you enjoyed today's episode, please review and subscribe, and we'll catch you next time.